Hello, welcome to Encounter. Encounter is the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Patrick Rice. I'm joined in studio with my good friend, brother in Christ, compadre, compatriot, Holy Spirit prayer minister, Dan Demite. <laughs> What's up, Patrick? Dan, I'm really excited because we have um, Casey Spray. She is a amazing young mother. She's on the National Service Committee of the oh. Catholic Charismatic Renewal, and she's going to be talking about the power of God, which didn't uh, die with the last apostle. Isn't that great news, Dan? That is uh, that is that is good news. That's like the yeah, good news of the we, gospel. Yeah, and Dan, let, let's pray that that God communicates that power to our listeners right now. Go for it. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious yeah. God, we are just so grateful um, for the work that you're doing in the church today. We would just pray that acts of the apostles would continue to flow forth in the modern world, Lord, for a new Pentecost, that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit would be manifested in our lives, Lord, that we would see you working signs and wonders from the heavens above, that people would know who you are and know where we belong. Lord, I pray that you would make us kingdom people, make us full of your life and love. Father, I thank you that you continue to pour out your gifts upon the church, that you do it for mission. And God, that you actually, you're, you're in the business of, of covenant, that you're in the business of, of, of faith to make a family. So Lord, we pray that you unite all the generations on the show that are listening right now, from the young to the old, that we would see uh, the, the, the amazing family and the gifts that we need from one another. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Party on. Yeah. What do we got today, on, Mr. Patrick? I already told you, we have Casey coming on the show. <laughs> Tell us again. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. So I, I mentioned earlier, Kate, Casey's a wife, a mother. She's from the South, um, and then she is also a, uh, a speaker, traveling speaker, bringing the, the, the preaching the power and love of God. And she just got elected to the National Service Committee of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. (laughs) Newsflash. So we'll find out about what that is. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to find out what it is. But um, Dan, can you you give our listeners an orientation of what the Catholic Charismatic Renewal is, uh, what it's not? What would you say? To our listeners. Oh, I love to say we need to be charismatic, not crazy-matics, right? Like that, and I think sometimes when people hear like uh, charismatic renewal, they just think of a bunch of crazy people. And I think we want to um, normalize the uh, the expression of charismatic um, lifestyle in the church, right? And and so I think the the goal would be that we would see. Uh, well, that we would know that the church is both institutional and charismatic at the same time, right? That the that the Lord has poured out the structures and the institutions of the church, but at the same time, He has poured out His Spirit to um, uh, enable the charisms to become fully alive in the church. And so, I like to when I think of the charismatic renewal, you know, we think of uh, something that happened in the, the 1960s and the 1970s and has been going on since then. But re- realistically, the the first charismatic renewal was Pentecost, where the Lord poured out mm-hmm. his charisms upon the church. And and we have seen charismatic renewals, a renewal of the charisms throughout all of human history. And every single Christian disciple should have an ongoing, continual charismatic renewal in our own life, right? Where the charism would be renewed day in and day out in our daily lives. And so if if, if you're maybe a listener who has... Uh, written off the charismatic renewal as a uh, as a sect in Catholicism and a a, a group that is set up 
set aside and that that's not for you. I just want to encourage you to read the Acts of the Apostles and realize this is who you are. This is our heritage as Catholics that we were called to to live the charisms. I mean, St. Paul, just in all of his epistles, especially in Corinthians and, uh, and, and Ephesians, just pours out this theology of uh, a charismatic renewal where our souls are renewed by and the church is renewed by the expression of the charisms. That's so good. And also, if you have written off the charismatic renewal, you're actually outside the heart of the church because the church uh, has actually embraced the, this charismatic renewal. There is an international Catholic charismatic uh, renewal um, like office within the church that works closely with the Vatican. And I would say, too, that the um, the charismatic renewal at the heart of it is this um, rediscovery of, of this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this immersion in the power and love of the Holy Spirit himself that actually that although it did lay dormant in the history of the church was was actually re reawakened and realivened and this uh, this per, this personal encounter with the holy spirit came alive dan i love uh, father robert barron do you like father robert barron yeah he's you know he, he's, he's pretty a, he's decent <laughs> oh by the way i lied it's bishop robert yeah, bishop barron. now so uh that's the Catholicism series is has been an amazing thing for the church, okay? Yeah. And I love what, what actually what Bishop Barron actually proposed. He actually proposed that the greatest danger to Catholicism is actually what he called a domesticated Jesus. Where our 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 idea of Jesus has become something of an idol where we've made him this really nice guy and you know he just wants to he, it's the watered down gospel but who Jesus really was he was coming to invade the dominion of evil and to like you know declare this new kingdom and re- releasing like God's power through through in his humanity like this is bold stuff and I want to I want to jump on top of Father Barron I think the greatest um enemy on top of a domesticated Jesus is a domesticated Holy Spirit. Dan. Whoa. Amen. When we actually, but that's essentially putting Holy Spirit in a, in a box. box. Yeah, get back like, in your oh, box, Holy Spirit. only happened, you know, when, the, when they didn't have, you know, um, uh, the Rosetta Stone software, you know, but now we have all this, <laughs> or whatever it might be. They didn't have modern medicine, so they needed to heal it, you know, right now. Yeah. When we, and the Holy Spirit's just this uh, little force that flows around like that, but God is not okay with his children treating him in a domesticated, home-like fashion. And I think that's a big part of what the Catholic Charismatic Renewal in general has been doing. And then I like what you said, too, normalizing it, that this is actually normal Catholic Christianity. Yeah, I was reading Boom. I was reading uh, the life of Andre Bassett to my son this morning, and uh, he was, we were, you know, Andre Bassett would like, people would come to him, and he'd be like, well, I'm going to pray for St. Joseph, to St. Joseph for a miracle for you. And they'd come back and be like, I was healed. And, and like, it seemed like uh, St. Andre Bassett's like demeanor was like, well, of course you were healed. <laughs> like, I, of course you were healed. I, I, I told you I was going to pray. Now, if you for... of the mustard seed. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think that these charisms, we see a, a charismatic renewal in the life of the saints, right? And so um, it, it, it's been, this heritage has been with us and uh, since the beginning. I think the, the, uh, the cool thing too, Patrick, is is that the um, the renewal itself that that happened in the 60s and the 70s? What I'm seeing today 
is that the whole that that the Lord is renewing the renewal. That there's a there's a new wave, of, a new outpouring that's just happening right now. And, and listeners, if you like right now, we're just living in such an incredible time in the church's history where it just seems like the Holy Spirit is pouring Himself out and with just incredible, unprecedented generosity. And it's like I want some of that. Like I want to, I want to yeah, get. That, like, that's what it comes down to. Do you want that? Do you want it? Do yeah. you want that? Or- could you if, imagine if, 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 if you want it? Come on in. Could you imagine if you if don't I, want it? Fine. Don't throw stones at me though. If I do want it, I think I, I like to talk about the charisms like uh, like on like Christmas, like on Christmas Day. Um, you know, my wife and I we give good gifts to our children, and we but we give each of our children we give them gifts that are fitting for them, right? And uh, because we know them, and we actually think and and pray about like what's a good gift to give our child who's going to make them the best version of themselves and really pull out their, um, and, and I think the father he pours out charisms upon his children because he knows us, and when, when our hearts are hungry, uh, uh, the father's going to give us good gifts, and we need but we need to receive them. Like, could you imagine if on Christmas morning, like I don't want those gifts, and um, I don't want to I don't want to open those gifts because I, I don't. I don't know what will happen if I use it or if yeah. I open it. And I think that's what happens. And then and then there's like jealousy, I think, sometimes it, like the sparks up. We're like, well, that person has gifts and I don't have that gift. So so that can't be real or something along those lines. And, you know, every gift that's given to our children on Christmas morning is a gift for the, the whole family. Right. Like my kids yeah. don't get angry at the other kid because they got because they're like, oh, now I get to play with that toy, too. It's a like, gift. I, I have access to it. And that's exactly what we have. We have access to it. But then we actually have to take a break. Oh, okay. And when break. we come back, we're going to bring Casey on the show. You're listening to Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of EWTN Radio, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. After the break, we're going to be joined with Casey Spray. Stay tuned. The EWTN home video highlight for February is the story of St. Bridget of Ireland. She was a champion of the poor, the sick, and the outcast. Accounts of miraculous events surrounding her life are remembered throughout the Emerald Isle to this day. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or call 1-800-854-6316. EWTN, communicating the faith. Just turned 31. feel that uh, I'm being called to the priesthood. And um, I've been attending daily Mass and just finding that falling more in love with Jesus every day and finding more opportunities to, you know, make sacrifices for Him myself and just allow Him to enter me more. You know, how do we fully surrender to God and to His will so that we can more clearly hear His calling? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. I gave a talk recently, and an older man with a walker approached me afterwards. I think he had had a stroke, but he was still strong and full of life. His eyes lit up as he started to give me some unsolicited parenting advice. He said, I have four girls, and starting on their fifth birthday, I pull up my antique Chevy, ring the doorbell, and give them flowers and take them on a date. Tears started streaming down his face as he said, and when I turned 50, they all came to my door with flowers and took me on a date. <laughs> Dads, It doesn't take much time or money to make your kids feel really, really special. Anything from an ice cream date to asking how her day was and listening to the answer. But it does take focused one-on-one time. Look, you might regret a lot of things when you're looking back at life someday. One thing I can promise you you won't regret is wasting focused time on those kids. Make sure you do it. 
This is Chris Stefanik. For more of our men's program, visit reallifecatholic.com. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Dan and I are very, very excited to bring you Casey Spray. Welcome to the show, Casey. Yeah, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. So, Casey, uh, what we always do is we we want um, we want you to paint a picture to our listeners of how you came to faith in Jesus. What was your life like before that? What happened? We want to hear the story. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm from the South, and so hurricane analogies and just kind of the whole crazy weather is what I know. And so when I share my story and testimony of what God's done in my life, I like to share it in that context. But I would say I had three major hurricanes in my life where God ultimately won over my heart in the end. And that, you know, being so New Orleans, we live in a place where if you haven't been here, you should totally visit. But it's kind of what I'd call like the Catholic Mecca of the world. Like, everybody here is Catholic, and if, and if they're not Catholic, they used to be. And then if they aren't Catholic or they aren't falling away, they at least know people who are Catholic because it's very much the norm here. Like, Good Friday is a state holiday. You know, Wendy's and the other fast food restaurants have, like, legitimate Lenten specials, and it says that on their billboards. Like, it's just a very Catholic culture. And mm. so I grew up thinking that, like, things of the faith, that was just like what everybody did, you know? And so that was a huge gift in my life. And so I would say I had a normal Catholic upbringing, and I didn't know that the rest of the world wasn't Catholic until I moved away into Colorado, which was like all of a sudden mission territory or something. <laughs> like, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with that. But, you know, God really, He used these three pivotal moments in my life where I saw His move and work, and, and they started they started early on, you know, and, and the first really was that um, when I was a young kid, my parents divorced. Now, I'll stand before you and say, I'm blessed that I can say I have never, ever seen or heard my parents fight, never raise a voice at each other or argue in front of the kids. And I feel like that is such, that's such a gift. And it's also, though, telling of the fact that even if, even if you have, quote unquote, this, this um, peaceful divorce in your home, it still has a lasting impact on the children of the family. And so growing up, what I didn't know was that my dad came home at 6 o'clock every night. And until 6.30, they talked in the room behind the doors. And at 6.30, we had dinner. What I didn't know during those two years was that really it was the unfolding of their marriage and that in their, in their charity, they were trying to preserve the kids from it. And for that, I'm grateful. But all of a sudden, when this, this storm came in where my parents divorced, I all of a sudden found myself with, wait, if, if this isn't what family life looks like, like, who do I belong to? You know, what, what makes me whole? What, all of a sudden, this foundation of what it means to have a family unit that's together was really shaken for me. And so at a very young age in my grammar school years, I found myself not only saying, like, who's my family, but, but what do I believe? And really, I think in general that most, most kids grapple with that more in the teen years. But I think I was hungering for what, what, where's the stability and peace that I'm longing for? And so I really began soul-searching at a young, young age. And it was through, it was through the divorce that it really kind of like pushed me into this, you know? Mm. And, 
And God, God's good because, like I said, everyone that I knew was Catholic, and I was going, I was going to church on Sundays, and I went to Catholic school. You know, I'm a product of 18 years of Catholic education, not because I had to repeat any grades, but because by His grace, He just kept calling me, you know, to the next school and to the next school and to another degree, and and so I feel that you know I was I was really filled with the knowledge of the faith. But during this time of searching, I was like, wait, I, I still don't feel like I'm in a family. Like, I don't feel like I know this person, Jesus. I know about him. I know the facts. I know the sacramental rubric that I need to check off to graduate. But, but I don't know him. And, and it was really on a retreat that the Catholic Charismatic Renewal sponsored, where all of a sudden I met a room full of people who were sold out for this faith. So all of a sudden, you know, growing up in Catholic school, the rules of the faith all of a sudden made sense because they were put in the context of a relationship. And all of a sudden, I didn't want to rebel from these rules, right? Because rules without relationship, that breeds rebellion. But now I have this relationship because people said, hey, this is this is a God who loves you, who passionately loves you, who died for your sin, and he's inviting to give you this life. And if you accept it, all the tenets of the faith, you know, what, what he and his church have for you, that it's going to bring you life and life abundant. And when I mm. walked into that relationship, I was changed. I really was, you know. And, and that, that, yeah, I mean, I would say yes, a dramatic sense, but, I, you know, I wasn't coming from this um, dark, sinful, atheistic life or anything like that. I was a nominal Catholic, you know. But God still knew I needed saving, right? That in, in the mediocrity of where I was living and what I was searching for, that there was still more. And that He wanted to pull out, pour out His Spirit still more into my heart and into my family. And that for me, He brought me in and said, hey, no matter what's going on with your earthly family, that this, this, is, your, this is your family. Mm-hmm. I am your family. Mm-hmm. God the Father, God the Amen. Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. And all of a sudden... Wow. I was I was really moved to okay okay God, you want you want my heart. You don't just want my obedience, though good, very good, but you want my heart because you care about me and you care about me specifically. No Casey, religion can you paint, can, can you paint a picture of like how how did this happen? Was it during like Eucharistic adoration? What did, you know? Paint a picture of, of the setting of this encounter where this started happening in your spirit. Yeah, sure. Um, I got asked to go on a retreat. There were 600 teens, and it was a it was a charismatic retreat um, in Mississippi. And a friend's dad was making her go, and so she was like, "Please go with me," you know. And and in high school, it's kind of like, "I'll go if you go," you know. It's it's that yep. positive or negative peer pressure. And so really, I didn't want to lose her as a friend, so I was like, "Sure, I'll go." And and I didn't know what I was saying sure to at the time. But the week of the retreat, uh, they had a meeting at the local high school, you know, for all the parents and the kids going on the retreat. And I sat in this meeting, and all of a sudden I thought, whoa, if, like, if I go on this retreat and really make this, like, full commitment, this was like a little precursor to it. I was like, I'm going to have to to really give God my life and, and give Him everything. Now, it was something I was searching for. But it was also something I was scared of, right? And so mm-hmm. I was sat there, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. I told, I told Maria, I told my friend I'd go, I'm going to do this. And then 
Friday, I was sitting in religion class, of all things, you know, and I just was like, I can't go. I, I can't go. Like, you know, uh, I, I'm missing out on whatever's going on in town this weekend, and, and I really, I can't go. And so I sat there, and I was like, I have a sniffle. I have a cold. I was like, that's it. I'm calling home. And because the rules in my house were if you went home from school on Friday, you couldn't play on Saturday. And on Sunday, you had to do schoolwork from whatever you missed on on uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I go home right now, my mom won't make me go on this retreat. And so I was like, I'm just going to fake sick. But then reality set in, which said, Casey, your mom's the high school principal. So really, unless oh, you boy. have 104 that, and you're escalates. dying, you're going to school. <laughs> You know? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, all right, I'm going on this retreat. <laughs> Excuse me. And so and so I went on the retreat and, and it was. You mentioned Eucharistic adoration. It was just that. You know, the weekend led up to adoration. And so my heart was softened to it. The whole weekend people had been giving testimony to what God had done in their life. Catholic people had been giving witness to what God had done in their life. And so when time came for adoration, I remember sitting there thinking, okay, God, if you're real, if this is really you in the Eucharist, then I'll follow you. But if it's not, give me some glaring sign that I need to walk out this room. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. You know, like, look, people, people are weird. People do crazy things. If this is not you... Like, I knew he would honor the fact that if this was an imposter, that he'd give me the sign to walk. And he didn't. Instead, what he gave me was an immediate conviction of my sin. Mm. And it was like I was looking straight at the person who I had hurt each time I had sinned. And it was in an instant. It was like the sins of the past, the decisions came to me, and my heart broke for breaking his heart, you know? And and that's what really that's what really called me back to him in that moment. Wow, <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's amazing. So, what happened after the, this encounter? Well, I I did what uh, what most high school kids do is they pray that the retreat won't end, so that they don't have to go back to the rest of their friends who didn't go on the retreat. You know. Yep. And and so I I was scared. Because Saturday night was great, and then Sunday morning was uh, an evangelization talk, growth in the spirit talk, you know. And I just remember being like, "Lord, just let this last forever." <laughs> you know, I, I'm scared to go back. I'm scared. I was like the apostles in the upper room, and so, and so obviously, eventually, I did go back. And 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 high school and into college was really mostly on the straight and narrow, but still, I was there was a bit of riding the fence. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. And honestly, after a New Year's Eve of one too many bad choices, I woke up the next morning and I said, that's it. And it was January 1st. It was perfect. It was the start of New Year's resolution. And I said, that's it. I said, I'm all in. And so what that meant for me was I went through my wardrobe. I got rid of all my immodest clothes. I was like, Lord, I want my my body to dignify and honor you. I went through all my CDs. So all my rap CDs, I had like the parental advisory label. <laughs> I, I took them all out and our, 
our high school college youth group had like a CD smashing party, which was like, <laughs> yes. it's like yes, which was awesome. And I Sounds wonder like a great today, idea. like, but today, what would people do? Just press like delete on MP3? It's like, it's like <laughs> all the traumatic, you know? Like, this Digital deleting party. Yeah, it, it was like my my 19 year old self like throwing glass to the ground i mean like there yeah. was nothing more that's symbolic prophetic. of that's like a prophetic death act. to the old yep. yeah yeah that's awesome yeah and and i did and and even um i noticed that i didn't have a catholic bible and so i got rid of my bible i had used in high school and got a catholic bible and i was like okay lord i'm all yours you know and 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 he had been he had been working on my heart because, you know, riding a fence isn't comfortable, right? And so I was just beginning to be more depressed. My grades were slipping a bit in college and things. And it was like, and, and, and it really culminated for me. And then I said, okay, here I am. I made the decision once to follow you. And here I am in college saying, I'm really going to follow you and I'm going to lay it all down. And I did. And, and that, was, that was probably the most dramatic break, you know, Um mm-hmm. But a time where he really called me and he said, he said, you know, it's all in or it's nothing. And it really is. You know, it really is. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want our half-heartedness and, and, and our Sunday best, you know? Mm. So, Casey, how did you get involved in ministry? Because I know you're highly involved in ministry. Tell me that story. Yeah. Well, I, I do say that the charismatic renewal is the reason I'm Catholic, because I was searching, like I said, and... And what I was missing was relationships, was people who knew their scripture, was the Holy Spirit direct in my life. And I found that in the charismatic renewal within the church. And then really, I kind of like you said earlier, I realized, like, this is, this is the church. This is what she's meant to be, someone who, whose members have this active relationship with the Holy Spirit, who know the scripture, who know the Word of God, you know, and keep it close to them. And so as I moved further into my faith, I just got involved in ministry by first being a part of it and kind of growing up in the renewal, because when I first went on, I was 13, you know, and then just kind of grew into it. And then, and from there, was able to just be in youth ministry for a while and, and, and give talks here and there. And what, what it came to in, um, in college and then when I was in grad school was that when I would go to a place to speak, um, you know, the comment wasn't necessarily like, wow, what a great talk. The comment was like, I can't believe you're so young. Like, there, there's, there's kids who are on fire for their faith. And, and it broke my heart because what I wanted to scream was like, you know, we're not some like dying breed. Like, there's young adults and teens on fire for the faith everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but it really was met in some of the, the parishes with this sense of, like, I didn't know that young adults had faith. And, and I felt like God was like, okay, I'm going to launch you. I'm going to launch you into this. And when I call you forth to speak, you know, like, you say yes. And so, and so that's really how it started. Yeah, so you're on the National Service Committee for the, the Catholic mm-hmm. Charismatic Renewal. Can you tell our listeners what that is, what, what, you, what that does sure. for the Church? So, so you mentioned earlier about ICRIS, the International Catholic Renewal Service Center mm-hmm. at the Vatican. And so then each country has their 
specific National Service Committee. So this would be the the body, the, the ministry who helps oversee the efforts of different renewal centers throughout the country. And then when people are looking for a resource, because a lot of times dioceses, archdioceses don't have a connect to the renewal, and they say, hey, we'd like a Life in the Spirit seminar, or or could someone could someone point us to more resources on the Holy Spirit? You know, uh, they can call the National Service Committee, and and they can be a resource, or they can go to the website and get it. And so, what they what the National Service Committee has is they have a committee of twelve members, and then there's a council, which is a greater number, like fifty members. And really, it's like an advisory board. For, for the national charismatic renewal in America so that there can be one voice to share. So that when someone says, like, well, what's all this charismatic renewal about? Or, or I don't understand the charisms, you know, that there can be this, this one organization that says, hey, we answered to, to Icarus back in Rome, you know, and, and Icarus answers to the Vatican. So we can say, here's our direct line and to be able to share with people the fruits of the renewal. And again, that, that, that one day hopefully will be fully normative in the lives of all believers. And for some they are, yeah, and that's... you know, and, and for some they aren't. And so, so really this is just an, a, a ministry to be able to share the grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's so good. And that's exactly what, uh, when, when I, I know when, when uh, it was Pope Paul VI that, set this up his uh in some of his talks and father cantala mesa mm-hmm. talks about this too is that the um the charismatic renewal is meant to be diffused into the church and then disappear so that right. the, the popes the leaders of the church have said this is supposed to become normative like it's not now but it will be and until it happens this uh we're setting these ministries up to diffuse it to get it into the church in a big way and I think a, mm-hmm. a good example here is that did you guys know that it, it wasn't um, that like Eucharistic adoration as we know it right now, which is very very common. You know, hundreds, a few hundred years ago, it wasn't really happening at all. It's a very very hmm. recent phenomenon, yep. and it was the Eucharistic congresses, uh, like especially around the turn of the 20th century, that really got it like promoting that. I mean, can you imagine a life mm-hmm. without a church without like vibrant, full blown? Eucharistic um, devotion. Mm, that's a great. That's a great example, Patrick. Just the answer should be no. Right? <laughs> no, like, you I, can't. no, I can't imagine it, Patrick. <laughs> Stop being rhetorical, Patrick. <laughs> so in the same way, like I, I want to look like I, I want to be old. One, I, I mean, I want to be old one day and look back. Yep. and be like, yeah, wow, like this is normal. Like in yeah. the same way that you know it, it wasn't normal for the, uh, the Eucharistic element. I want the life of the Holy Spirit to be normal. That we read Romans and we and, and Paul talking about the, the the children of God are those that are led by the Spirit and say yes that's my church now because of what you know these ministries the church set up are doing you guys feel I'm talk- what I'm talking about yeah I'm into that yeah and I think okay. I think with what you just said when that happens when that day comes I think you'll see a lot less people leave the faith. Because what are people looking for? People are looking for spirit-filled people, right, who can, who can bring them into a life-changing relationship with Christ, who know their Scripture, who, who have a hunger for God and His Word and His Church. And I mm-hmm. think in a lot of these different ministries, you're seeing that. And once that becomes the norm in the Church, 
there's not going to be a need to search elsewhere for it because it's going to be evident Amen. in the lives of the parishioners everywhere. Amen. Yep. I love not it. to mention all of the uh, Catholics that are, I mean, what's the, the second largest denomination in America are ex-Catholics, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're, mm-hmm. uh, that are no longer practicing. And then after that, you have, um, you have so many like thriving evangelical charismatic communities, like church communities. That's right. That are made up of, of ex-Catholics, and, 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 and that's the thing that I think is the most immediate concern. Like, hey, pastors, if you're listening out there, you, you, if you don't want more of your, your, your flock leaving, like they, they have gifts of the Holy Spirit. They've been given to them. You need to give them opportunities to use them. And if you don't, they're going to go find somewhere else where they, where they can be appreciated and valued. And, I, and, and Dan, I keep hearing story after story of people who had left the church because there wasn't a place for the, the the gifts that they had, but are now coming back because they're starting to see that right now. Amen to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just talking to someone uh, a couple of days ago that had had left the church for that because and and I was sharing with him because uh, of of the way the Holy Spirit's moving in, in our lives and and so many Catholics around the country. And he said, if that's real. I I need to see that. Like he's like, and, and because he, he he actually said he's like, you know, the Catholic Church is a lot like Sears. You all you you always go into a Sears and you just want it to be better, you know. And like mm-hmm. he he said, I just keep going back to the church, wow. hoping that it's gotten better. And and you know, I think he's he didn't have a, a real understanding of the Eucharist. And like you know, no matter what the music is like or what the preaching is like, I, I'll always be rooted in the church because I've fallen in love with the Eucharist and. Um, but I do think there's a lot of people who haven't, uh, that weren't raised with a, a real understanding of the Eucharistic presence that they, mm-hmm. they, they still want to see the church fully alive and they're looking for the Holy Spirit just to be re- released in the church like it's meant to, like he's meant to be. And, um, and they're, they're, when they see that and when they get it, they're going to come home. Right. That's so good. So Casey, I want to hear about your speaking ministry. You like to preach the word, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. T- you know, talk to you about it. Right. Sure. What, what, what um, do you like? Can you, if you, if you have some stories of 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 um of breakthrough that you've been seeing in people's lives, we'd love to hear those stories. Sure. Sure. Um. You know, I, I do want to preface it by saying, like, my main ministry is home with my kids, and so as we started having kids, we had to discern, like, God, are you still calling me to speak? Like, that that was a real like discernment, and so right now. He, in prayer, led my husband and I to a specific number, like, Casey, you can do this many conferences a year. And so we've stuck to that, and every year we bring it back to him, like, all right, Lord, what's the number? Like, you call it, you know? And so and so he has, and I find that when I'm obedient to him, like, he's going to he's gonna talk through me, and it's going to be his glory that shines. And so the main thing that he's calling me right now, at least, you know, in the past couple of years has, like, been this generational gap that exists within the church. You know, and it is. It's obviously, a lot of the people leave in the faith or whatever, but they're wanting to know, what what is it? Why are, why are these massive amounts of people leaving? Or, or what's going on? And, and I think you said it, and I think it, it bears repeating, is that um, people light on fire when you tell them you have these gifts, right? Like, you, if you were to yep. leave the faith and go to another church, if you were to, um, or or even be baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is not like an eighth sacrament. Like you have the gifts that God's given you to do amazing things, and that when you allow the Holy Spirit to stir it up in your life, 
He's going to do wonders. He's going to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And the reality is we're seeing that, you know. And and last summer at a a Simo conference, I was just praying, and then God just put that on my heart that, you know, this is this is not some secret code that people have. This is the desire in the human heart, and God's placed the gifts in everyone's heart, and they're all different, and that we need to stir them up. And while I was there, you know, and and preaching on this, you know, and, and God's crazy. Like, he, he loves to humble me, I feel like. I'm a very um, atypical, like, this is how I do things kind of person. And so when a Holy Spirit prompting comes, it actually really throws me off my game. Because I'm like, dude, I know you're in the driver's seat, but, like, I had a plan, you know? And so um, and so he really did. He put in my heart, smack in the middle of the talk, to change gears. And, he was, and, and it was very clear that he was going to give me the words. And I said, all right, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. And so what, what, was, so very cl- what was very clear in this symbol conference was that God wanted to unleash people for his ministry after a specific um, sin was dealt with. And so I said, okay. I said, all right, let's go there, God. And so on my heart, he said, I want you to right now just to preach on um, God's love for all people and for homosexuality. And so I did. And let me back up and say, I've never done that before. And so I was like, okay, Lord, this is all you, you know? And so, and so I did in, in that moment. And then I ended with what came straight from God. Again, this is not me. And I said, and there are some men in here right now who are so angry at God that their son lives a homosexual lifestyle, and you're so angry at God, and you're so judgmental of your son, and you can't see God in this, and you're just, you're hoping that your son comes back to Christ, and you're so angry that God would let this happen, and God's saying right now that the issue's about your anger. And then if you lay that down, he's going to move mountains in your life. And as soon as I was done speaking, six grown men walked up to me immediately, immediately. And they said, I'm so angry at God for my son who's leading a homosexual lifestyle right now. And I'm so angry. And in my anger, I haven't loved the son that God called me to be the father to. You want to talk about breakthrough? Wow. <laughs> you want to talk about breakthrough? Mm, I because do. All Keep going. Sudden, because all of a sudden, what do you have? You have restoring a family bond. And in those moments, you know, we were able mm-hmm. to pray on the side of stage right there. And it was awesome. Because why? Because God was in that moment and he was saying, he was saying, yeah, there's a lot of crap going on right now. You know, there's a lot of ugliness. There's a lot of messiness. But when we can lay down our sin and call it like it is and put it down, he's going to move mountains in their lives. And the freedom and the release that came from those six men, and I'm going to, their sons weren't even at the conference. This was just in their individual hearts. The transformation that God did right then and there was mind-blowing. And so I sat there and I was like, okay, God, like, you, you're going to launch them into ministry. You're going to launch them into whatever, you know, and because the reality is the, the, the change of heart, the conversion, isn't going to come from an angry father, right? Yep. It's going to yep. come from a loving father 
still has his arms open as the forgiving father, ready to have the party and say, welcome home, son. <laughs> Amen to that. And, that's what I'm talking and, about. And that's, that's mm. what God wanted to do, in, you know, in their life. You know, and it's just, that's just one. But, but for me, that showed, like, okay, God, like, your mission, your ministry is bigger than what I think you're calling me to. Because I, I often say, okay, this is, this is what you want me to speak on or whatever it is. And, and he'll say, all right, you know, hold your, hold your horses because I want, I want to take you in a different direction. And, and for six families to hopefully be restored, I mean, that's worth the price of a student conference to me, you know? Like, <laughs> I, okay, I completely agree. Again. And there's such a lie that, um, you know, in, in the church, I think we're, we're kind of getting it that, that, uh, you don't have to clean yourself up before you come to God. You just come to God as That's you right. are. And in the mm-hmm. same way, like we, we can do that um, in our parenting. We could say, well, when my son gets right, you know, then we'll have a restored relationship. No, you restore the relationship now. You run off your porch and you come to him. Don't even, you know, don't even, don't demand an apology. Like the father cut him off from his apology. And like, yeah. that's, that's such the heart of the father to, to, to have you preach that message. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't you feel like, I mean, even in radio ministry or, or any kind of speaking ministry, there's this often sense of like, oh, well, that person has their stuff together. And the reality is, it's like, no, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm just willing to tell people about it and, and willing to let God use me even in it. Because the reality is, like, the light's going to shine through the darkness. And if people can see that vulnerability Amen. in whatever your ministry is, then they're going to say, like, wow, then I have a ministry too, because in my brokenness, in my yeah, sinfulness, God's yeah. using me. Yeah, he he likes to turn the mess into the message. Amen. Yeah, preach it. The test yeah. into the testimony. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm gonna. But no, we have you on to preach it. Come on, sister. That's right. No, <laughs> this is I mean, so good. Yeah, I, I really. That's that's what it is, you know. And, and so I do. I feel very very fortunate and blessed that that he's called me to that. And I think with currently within the context of the renewal because i do think many young adults are turned off by the renewal for whatever reason and and i think god god wants to say like you know fullness of the faith lies in the catholic church and there are many different ministries and movements which show forth the beauty Right, the the unity in the diversity. Okay, in that that there's so there are so many gifts and there's so many ways, and that he wants to pour that out. and And I think it allows um, young people too to find their place because it's like there's something for everybody, and 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 there is a, a place for us all to serve. And um, and really, I think that's that's what he's calling us to do because so often people want to know what can I do, right? If I don't have an active role in doing something that I must be worthless, which obviously that's not true, right? We're human beings not doing, so you don't need to be doing something, but people need to be acknowledged for their gifts and then launched into service of the church. That's what the body of Christ is all about, right? Amen. I love that. Absolutely. And the thing is, everyone is in full-time ministry wherever you are. You're, Mm -hmm. You're called to bring Jesus Christ to everyone that you meet, whether you're in a professional ministry or not, that's kind of irrelevant. And so, and that's what the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit allow you to do, to, to demonstrate the love of God in your own life. And that's, um, I think we're, we're really starting to 
uh, I think, get this back in the church. Yeah. 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 In, in your own life, I think that's the key, because here's the deal. It's far easier for me to get up in a crowd of 500 and preach the Word of God than it is at breakfast to not fly off the handle when my four kids are complaining because they're making them eat oatmeal. <laughs> and it's your husband. Oh, yeah. Make it's the reality, <laughs> because you know what? In, in a room, in, in, in a room on stage, I can preach the Word and 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 really and mean it. You know, it's not it's not a show. It's not and really mean it and be convicted of it. And then the second where God asked me to display patience for my whiny kids who are acting spoiled and like I'm a short order chef and I'm gonna cook them what they want, <laughs> you better believe I don't answer with grace, right? It's not. I'm so sorry. Please eat your oatmeal. Like this is what we're having. Be grateful. It's. You better eat your oatmeal because they're starving kids. And if you don't believe me, I'll pull up on the iPad what a starving kid looks like. <laughs> so eat your oatmeal. You know, like that's the yes. reality. Like I don't, I don't answer in grace. But my ministry starts at my home. Everyone's ministry starts within the walls of the people they live with. And I think that's so beautiful. So I think good. that's why we, you know the more and more we come to the Holy Spirit, just the, I just love the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, peace, love, joy gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, generosity, and self-control. Like, man, that's a that's a litany I want. And so all I can mm. say is I want more Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Like, that's the reason I have hunger, because I look at my life and I'm like, you know what? If if I didn't have, if I wasn't completely relying on the Holy Spirit and I wasn't constantly crying out, where the heck would I be? Because I don't see 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that manifestation of that fruit, but I want that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to cry out for more of the Holy Spirit every single day. And when I look at the church, do we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit completely alive in the church? Is our church completely like peace, love, joy, gentleness, gentleness, patience, generosity, self-control? No, like there's more that we need in the church of the Holy Spirit. And so the the renewal is so critical in our individual lives and in the church's Mm -hmm. life. Like Holy Spirit, we will never grow weary of asking for more. And the right. moment we do For more. That's, that's is true. the moment we stop being a Christian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Dan, I, I've, I've got some bad news. I want, I want to hear some more from Casey, but we have to go into a break. All right. So you are listening to Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a break now, but we'll be back on the flip side. Teresa Tamio. It's our goal to help each and every listener take this beautiful faith of ours out into the public square with great ideas on making a difference through engaging the culture. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Catholic Radio, I believe, is the greatest tool for evangelization that the Church has today. And I know this because we hear from people all over the world that tell us all the time they came to faith in Christ in the Catholic Church through Catholic Radio. guy that lives right next door to you, he might not ask you about your Catholic faith, but he'll ask us. He'll call in and say, tell me about the Catholic Church. Dr. David Anders thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Catholic monasteries are centered around a rhythm of life they call ora et labora, prayer and work, and they keep a strict schedule to preserve that rhythm. If a monk is writing a book and the monastery bell rings for prayer, he'll drop his pen mid-sentence and go to prayer. It's a poverty of spirit with time. Lord, my moments aren't mine, they're yours. 
You know, that same poverty is in your life. When the kid cries for a diaper change, that's your monastery bell. When it's time to pause and pray, stop thinking about what you got to do next. It's always going to be there. Just pray. You got to work overtime? Do it. Whining doesn't change a thing. When it's time to go home, drop that pen mid-sentence, stop checking your email, and focus on your family. You're in a schedule you can't fully control, but when you get intentional about focusing on where you are, offering each moment to God as it comes, you still face the daily grind like anyone else, but unlike anyone else. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Well, I'm so thankful, Dan, for that, our time with Casey, just getting to talk about her, her, her testimony, her ministry, the, the charismatic renewal. What an awesome and just rich discussion. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, she just, uh, you know, I think there's, you can't deny the fact that God is doing something new in this church today, which is just such a blessing. Yeah, and I love it. There's a, a phrase I heard. It's so good. Um, if, if it doesn't work in the in the home in the home, you can't take it on the road. <laughs> and it's such a good and important reminder. Like we're all called to to build the kingdom of God. We want to see the expanse. We want to see the increase of the kingdom. But like like she said, it really starts in the home, and mm-hmm. that's where she puts her her premium. And uh, and just the honesty, like the before God, that was that was so encouraging to me. Oh yeah, it's huge. I, I you know I I'm always challenged. Like, am I am I trying to teach my children to pray the same way I'm trying to teach adults to pray? You know, like am I using the techniques of hearing God's voice and like relying on the Holy Spirit and operating in the prophetic? Am I utilizing these um, gifts that I'm learning in the Spirit with my children? And it's such a call out just to like be like, yeah, this is my first ministry and. I'm going to go in and I'm going to teach my kids everything I can teach them as their dad and uh, expect great things from them no matter how young they are. It's so, it, it's so good. It's exciting. You also, know, I was thinking um, – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to reference too. We didn't get the chance to, to talk about it, but Casey is involved in a uh, a blog that you can actually – that's how you can reach her. It's called NOLA, N-O-L-A, CatholicParenting.org. And this is like a – you know, Catholic spirit-filled writers who are writing on a really important topic. So a lot of the people on this uh, national service committee that she talked about are involved in that. So if you want to learn more about Casey, about her ministry, how you can get in contact with her, it's nolacatholicparenting.org. Awesome. That's it right there. I go think, ahead, Dan. I was just thinking that, you know, like so many of um, – like – People who are involved in the the charismatic renewal seem to be some of the just the best Catholics, right? Like like they're they're people who are fully engaged in the parish. They're people who who love orthodoxy. Like there's, um, I think the Holy Spirit it, um, is meant to lead us to a deeper orthodoxy, a deeper love for the tradition of the church, and a deeper um, love for mission. And, and so you, you know, you know, the, the fruit of a ministry, I mean, I mean you know, the, the goodness of a ministry by its fruit. Right. And so as, as we, yep. as, as we evaluate the, 
all the different movements of the Holy Spirit here in the modern church, I think that's what we want to be paying attention to is the fruit. And um, if if it's a good expression of the Catholic charismatic renewal, a healthy expression of the Catholic charismatic renewal, because there's not all expressions are healthy and not all expressions are, are bearing abundant fruit. But if it's a good and healthy expression of the renewal, it should always lead to Catholics who are more involved, more engaged, more faithful, more in love with the tradition of the church, more in love with the Eucharist and confession, more in love... Uh, with 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 just orthodoxy because the Holy Spirit always leads us to truth and mission and and so there's nothing to fear if it's authentic. That's so true. And uh, Dan, do you like Pope Benedict? Uh, you, you know a, he was guy? pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it was um he was either in 2009 or 2010, uh, but he it, on on the the evening of Pentecost. Um, there was a huge gathering for the uh, International Catholic Charismatic Renewal. The entire hundreds of thousands of people were gathered in St. Peter's Square, and Pope Benedict gave this address. And it was all the you know people that are like Catholics that are proud. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're bringing renewal in their 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 home parishes, home countries, home states. And you know he said to them, he said to them, "You, you Charismatics, you are the hope of the Church." You are the hope of the church. What you said right there, Dan. I think some people, you know, like you know, charismatics are always the, the like the you know great Catholics and stuff like that. Some someone with an unrenewed mind could be like, oh, I think that's uh, you know biased or whatever it is. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you naturally want and you desire to bring that and see that renewal happen. And so they're the people that are involved. And in, and in, in even Pope Benedict saw it and called it out. Isn't that an amazing encouragement? <laughs> yeah, it is. And if you if you listeners, if you really want a lot of encouragement, go just Google like uh, the Holy Father's address to the Catholic Charismatic Renewal because every every one of our popes, uh, Francis, Benedict, John Paul II, they just every every year they meet with the Catholic Charismatic Renewal and their addresses to them, their homilies are just so beautiful and encouraging that the churches um, is is hungry for this the expression of the charisms to to be renewed uh, again? Hey, that, that that that's just pray for that right now. All right, oh, so we're we're, com- we're coming to a close of the show, but this is a perfect time just to pray and just worship Holy Spirit, name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We acknowledge you that you really are on the face of the earth. You are you're co creating with us, and you're establishing new methods, new movements, new ministries that are capable of not not just proclaiming, but demonstrating the power and love of Jesus Christ in the gospel here and now. So Lord, I pray that you you, you would um, use us, that we would give you greater permission. I give you greater permission, and we need more of you for our mission of communicating the love of Jesus Christ right where we are in our families first, God, in our parishes, in our businesses, in our communities, and all the way to the nations that you want us to disciple entire nations. So, Lord, we need more gifts, we need more power, and we need the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of EWTN Radio, St. Gabriel Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To learn more about us or our ministry, check out EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. God bless you.